Do you lose people for reasons you don't understand? Are things really as they seem? The truth may surprise you. Today on the program, shop owner Dave Powers shares what he learned simply by asking. It's driving change from ATI. I'm Jeff Berman. This podcast was created to improve our members' experience and further assist with their growth. My hope is that you will find the stories you hear from fellow shop owners relatable to where you are, where you were, or where you want to be, ultimately inspiring you to take that next necessary step. You'll be hearing how others fought the same fight and what they did to get through it and come out better on the other side. Tune in each week for another inspiring story to drive change in your shop. Well, I'm here today with David Powers from Powers Automotive in Fremont, Indiana. Um, David got started when he was 14 years old. Boy, I can relate to that. I think I was eight, but 14 years old uh, in a body shop. And uh, a few years later, when he was 18, he went to work for a tire store. And to add to his body experience, he's now learning to be a mechanic. And shortly after that, he moved to a dealership and spent 15 years learning to be a mechanic at a dealership. Ended up ultimately becoming GM certified master technician for automobiles, as well as GM certified master technician for medium and heavy duty uh, vehicles and ASC certified for that as well. Uh, during his time with GM, he learned to be a certified body technician for General Motors. And after all that time, uh, this dealership he worked for uh, decided they weren't going to make it anymore and shut the place down. And that was when, in 2009, when David realized, you know what, I can do this. So he had that same seizure that most of you have had, and he opened up Powers Automotive. So without any further ado, I want to invite David to the program. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thank you. It's a pleasure having you here today. It really is. Um, you know, I, I met David not that long ago. It was probably, what, two weeks ago? Yes, sir. And um, he was here for a class. And what class was it? Leadership? Yes. Leadership class. And um, we were talking in the, in the lunchroom, and I don't know what how we got on the subject, but he started telling me this incredible story about uh, something that happened with one of his employees, which is why I invited him on the program today. Um, and he was nervous to tell that story, and I got lucky enough to have him here today in my marketing class, so I finally convinced him to spend some time with us and tell us this story. So without any further ado, Dave, go for it. Thank you. Uh, in the beginning, it was November of 2009, I hired a young man, he came in the door, um, had his folder with him, graduated high school, core 40, top 10 of his class, just all the little graduation things you get. And he went to Cleveland Marine School for a marine mechanic. And of course in November there's not much marine work in northern Indiana, southern Michigan. So he needs a job and at that time we were very busy. So I asked him if he wore old clothes. I was going to put him to work right then and he didn't. So we hired him the next morning. 19 years old, 20 years old, great kid, turned out to be, you know, my right-hand man. He was the second employee I'd had, which the first is still with me. And this young man 
we grew up together. Same girlfriend since the ninth grade. Bought a house together. Was getting married. And his wife, or girlfriend at that time, same girl, ended up pregnant. So they canceled the wedding. And they're still with us until here recently. How many years has gone by now? This was this in point? November of 09 to current. So uh, yeah, end of 16. So this is right after you opened the business? Yeah. Within a few months? Yeah, seven years. It's been almost, yeah, seven years. Okay. And uh, we were getting nervous about ATI was pushing, they were talking to us about going to flat rate because they were all hourly for the last seven years. And he's got raises, you know, every year, every two years. He's making pretty good money. And, you know, I'm trying to explain to him how flat rate's going to work, and we're watching it, and we're giving him their time tickets every week with, you know, 35, 40, 45 hours, 50 hours. He does real good. He's, he's learned from me everything. The kid can do everything from alignments to drivability. He uses the Ford scan tool. He can program the GM, the two GM scan tools. He can program just, I mean, he's, he's sharp. He runs the desk for me, everything. And he's been having some problems. The, the baby's a year and a half old now, and they were having problems. And he's really nervous about the going to flat rate. Kept asking questions. And, and it was uh, right after first of the year, we had just went to flat rate. And he sat me down on a Saturday, came in about noon when we were getting ready to close. And uh, you could tell he was, something was up. And he, he decided to, he was going to leave us. He was going to go to work at a local Chrysler dealership, 40 miles away. And how long had flat rate been in place at this point? One week. One week. Okay. And so, he's about to quit. Yes. And, and we're sitting down, we're going over the numbers. You know, I'm trying to talk to him about... You know, what is what is really going on here? Because they're not paying you any different. You know, if they're paying you flat rate and I'm paying you flat, paying you flat rate, and the money's not that much different, why would you want to go 40 miles? And, you know, and it's, oh, it's really not you. It's, it's just I want to change. And, you know, I'm trying to pry out of him, you know. And this young man, I'm trying to uh, tell me what the problem is. I will not learn in my business how to be a better boss if you don't tell me what the real problem is can i ask you something real quick i, I don't want to pause where you are trying to hold that place um your coach kevin is yes um he talked to me after we talked about this story and you had neglected to say this to me but he added this i'm just curious your perspective on this he had said to me that you were hesitant to have a conversation with him about it and that he had pushed you a little bit to make sure that you spoke to him. Is there any, any not that obviously there's truth to that, but can you elaborate on that a bit? What happened there? I mean, were you nervous to talk to him about it and needed a push? Well, it's, it's you know, this is uh, because he had been with me so long and we're so close in a, in a small shop, small town. You know, you know what he's doing. You go to their birthday parties, you know, everything that revolves around him and his family, you're always involved with each other. So yeah, it's, it's real. <clears throat> you're killing me. I can see you getting emotional. I can tell how, how this has impacted you and everyone listening can't wait to hear what you're about to say. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's it's real emotional, you know. <clears throat> He's a good kid, and you know, I just trying to beat out of him why you would want to leave to go to a dealership. But we have everything here that's uh, that you could ever want. You're eight b blocks from work. You could walk to work, and you know, and he finally breaks down and he starts, you know, crying, and he finally tells me that he can't stand to drive to work and go past his girlfriend's boyfriend's house anymore. And you know, you're just sitting there stunned going, okay, that's not a good reason to quit your job. You know, you can go around the other side of town. And as you're, you're trying to, you know, be, be sympathetic with him and, and talk with him, to drive 40 miles to work is gonna make the problem worse because then you're not home, you're not right across town mm -hmm. to help that situation. You know, you just need to man up and uh, take care of the situation. And he's still with you, right? Yes, yep, we were able to keep him. And Is he still with his girlfriend? And he is still with her. They're still working it out. And is she still with her boyfriend? I don't, I, <laughs> I don't ask. <laughs> That's just this scenario I don't want to get into, but I, I'm going to say no from what little bit I've heard. And they have a baby. And, and they have married. a child together and still planning to get married and working okay. through it. And From what I understand, she is not with him, but I don't think that's why we're here. <laughs> no, but it's, that's an incredible story. And in that, you know, obviously there's some real problems there, and I feel bad for the whole thing, especially this, this kid who's dealing with a girlfriend who's clearly not completely with him but that said the impact of having to drive past her boyfriend's house to come to work and being that we had just changed the pay plan a week earlier I hope everybody listening is hearing that the perception of why that person was leaving would have been very easy to say well it was the flat rate plan when in reality it had zero to do with it and I gotta really applaud you for pushing and prying and, and getting to the details because had you not done that, there's no question in my mind, I don't know about yours, that he would have been gone. Right. Now, well, the, down the road, something might have changed, but if he had found a good job there and they took good care of him, you may never have seen this guy again. Right, and that was my first instinct was, you know, grab your toolbox and roll it out. You know, I'm, I'm not. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the first thing that comes across your mind. But, you know, knowing that young man so well and, and what's going on, I really wanted to find out what I did. What did, did I say something? Did I do something wrong? Mm -hmm. did, I, did I tell you one too many times to get rid of her? Or, you know, what was the real underlying problem? Do you feel like your relationship with him is better because of this scenario? The fact that you, not that it was bad before, clearly it right. wasn't, but did it did it bring you closer together because you took the time to really deal with the real problem and help him get through it? Or would you say, no, it's pretty much the same? I'm just I, curious. I would say it's pretty much the same. Yeah, he and, and that was part of his problem is uh, his girlfriend was writing him about everybody in the shop knows their life and, and all their problems, and he needs to change that. And, you know, our opinion is, if you don't want everybody to know, don't do it. 
Do you think his loyalty is is even stronger now or no? I would say so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. I I think so. I think if something like this comes up again, my guess would be he feel would feel safer to come to you with the truth as opposed to trying to hide it because he's embarrassed. Because you didn't shame him. You didn't embarrass him further. Right. You helped him. Yep. Uh, that's really an admirable, awesome thing you did. Yep. Incredible. I, it, it, you know, and it was luck of the draw. Because if he wouldn't have told me, if he would have left, no one would have ever known. And it would be real easy for you to have called Kevin up and said, that damn paid plan and rah, rah, rah. Right. I know plenty of people listening have been down that road. Right. Yep. And, and we would have changed our whole mm-hmm. culture of the shop because of this young man leaving because of his pay plan. And that's what it was, but it really wasn't. Incredible story. I, I needed you. people to hear that story, and I'm so glad that you're able to come on and tell it. And um, I just want to add one thing to this. Um, really for everyone listening, is he didn't have necessarily a formal exit interview with him. But the lesson, the big lesson in this for me is is that when people leave, we need to take time to talk to them. As you were saying, what did I do wrong? What can I learn from this? That should be the approach in the exit interview so that they don't leave upset with you. They leave as best they can possibly leave in as strong a position as they possibly can, and we can learn something possibly to help us in the future with another employee. So great job with that. Now that said, you told me another story in class today that I've got to ask you to share because it's another tremendous story. This is a customer service story, but I think it really does make another incredible point, and I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing that today. Would you do that? You kind of have to now. Yeah, kind of. Yes, I agree. Yes, Um, it's an oil change story. So you get your, you know, your particular grumpy old man comes in with his uh, Dakota, and you change his oil. And you know, first thing he says is, "Make sure you don't spill oil all over." And you know, you relay that to the technician and. An hour later, you get a call that his truck's leaking oil all over his garage floor, which is spotless. So I grab the young man, and we jump in the truck, and, yeah, you know, you're expecting a huge oil leak. You know, you you figure the filter fell off or the drain plug didn't get tightened, and you you get out to his, you know, pristine two-car garage, and there's two quarter-size spots of oil on his floor, and you know because the Dakotas run oil all over the front subframe and you grab your young man with some brake clean and throw him under the truck and he cleans the truck and he cleans the floor and we make it all pretty and you'd think that's over it's he's happy we're happy so he comes back in a few months later six months later and we change the oil and everything's great didn't hear back from him you know made sure we cleaned it up different technician this time but you know pointed it out that this guy's pretty particular and we he mentioned to, it again I'm sure and when he, he came mentioned in. it again okay. okay and you know life goes on and a year later a year and a half later he comes in again don't think nothing of it because it's a year and a half later and he proceeds to tell you that this is why I haven't been back because I went home that day and got that great big oil spill all over my floor again them two drops <laughs> 
and you're just standing there with your head down low because that was a year and a half, two years ago. And so twice, twice. he left with a drip. Yeah. First time he cleaned it and he came back. Second time he just didn't tell you. No. Nope. Now we're a year and a half later. Okay. Now we're a year and a half later, and and he uh, proceeds to tell us the reason he's back is he he went to our competition, and the exact same thing happened. <laughs> So, you know, it, it's really bad to say, and it, it's, you know, I'm going to take full responsibility, not the technician. is clearly my fault for not checking and make sure his, his subframe is completely clean. So we changed his oil that day, and everything's good, and I went over, and I made the, I talked to the technician, make sure you, you know, get nothing on this frame, and everything's beautiful, and done. An hour later, we get the call, oil on his floor. <laughs> so we're running out to his house and cleaning up the two quarter size spots. And obviously, I didn't check it on the way out. And the technician didn't uh, supply a cardboard or whatever it would take to keep the oil from getting on the subframe. And that's led us to policies and procedures to change that. And the technicians have been very well updated on making sure customers' cars don't leave with oil on the subframe and going to drip. But it was nice to save the customer. He's still a customer. Miraculously, I was going to say, this guy's still a customer. He's, he is. How it, is that possible? I, <laughs> I, I really, you know, you bow your head in shame on that because we've failed three times for some, a simple service mm -hmm. but you know all, all our other qualities are you know there's never our shops spotless like his garage mm -hmm. um, interiors never a fingerprint you know everything's perfect except the oil dripping on his floor which is terrible but he's still a customer and it's been mm -hmm. A good relationship now. We laugh about it now. He comes in and... Uh, and we don't, we don't have dripping anymore. Right? No. We fix that, right? Yes, that is definitely <laughs> a fix. So, I, in listening to this, a couple of things go through my mind. The first one is, there has to be some, some much better redeeming qualities in your service that would allow this guy to continue to do business with you. And what was really interesting is he said that his com your competitor made the same mistake you did. Right. And he forgave you, but didn't forgive them. I agree with that. And, and I'm wondering why maybe that is. Do you have any idea what you think might have been the difference? Just our customer service and, and the way we handle it at the desk and the way we ran right out to his house to clean up his mess. I think that's it right there. That's yes. exactly right. You showed you cared, even though it wasn't the way he wanted. And he, he saw the way you did business. He saw how detail-oriented you're worth, a lot of things, and he, because he'd experienced the same thing somewhere else, but with a less quality service, he realized, you know what, Dave's still my guy. Right. And he allowed you the opportunity to get better, and as a result, he's getting what he wants, and he helps you improve your business. Yes. So, it's another incredible story. His wife had a, and to continue on that, which we haven't talked about, this is just today. Oh, there's new stuff? Well, his wife's uh, battery went bad. So we ran out to his house and got her car with a jump box and put a battery in it and took it out to him. And he couldn't believe a battery cost $120. 
and he was giving us a grief about that like crazy. I mean, he was, we were ready to give it away. And I don't know if his wife talked to him or whatever, but when he come to pay the bill the next day, he brought us a dozen donuts with it to wow. say thank you. Wow. So he's a grumpy old man, but we really appreciate yeah. his work and, and his work ethic has made us better you know, because of his... Uh, you know what else about a guy like this? Not to call him a grumpy old man, but... <laughs> I would never. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I could say the same about you. <laughs> yeah, that, and I'm sure they do. I'm not, I'm, yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, this guy, I'm sure that, you know, your opinion of him, you're not the only one that has that grumpy old man type opinion. I wonder when he tells someone else about what a great job you do, how much weight that carries because right. of how difficult it is to please a guy like this. Right. So the people that knows him, when he talks about a good shop, that reference means a lot. Would, would you say that's true? I agree, yes. So you put up with a couple things, and in the end... It works. But is he any different than any one of us? As, you know, I demand the guys do a good job and, and everything is perfect when it leaves. So I'm, I'm really that grumpy old man. Mm -hmm. But some things do get away from you. Well, it's as we learned today, what business are we in? <laughs> Taking care of people. People business, people. right. Absolutely. Right. And we all think we're in the car business. And the truth is, nothing can be further from the truth. I agree with that. So, Dave... These were incredible stories. I know they were completely irrelevant in terms of, you know, together, working right. together stories. They had completely different uh, stories, but they were awesome. And I, it could have been two different podcasts, but I don't know when I'll see you again. So <laughs> I really, really appreciate you saying that. Is there anything you want to leave us with? I'm, I'm good. Okay. Thank well, you. Thank you so much for doing this. I know that uh, it wasn't easy. No. It's definitely not easy. But you did a great job, and, and I'm really glad you were here. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Sharpen your pencils. It's time for reflection. You know, I wonder, why do people re really leave the shop? You know, the answers may not be as obvious as you think. How often do we assume what we think is the reason actually is? You know, a simple solution to this challenge would be to do an exit interview. Rather than get upset and tell them to go or even quietly letting them finish out their two weeks, taking the time to discuss the challenges they have. You know, there's three main reasons for this. First, as in Dave's case, you may find the problem is something you can easily solve. And in doing so, you actually strengthen your relationship with this person. Second, whatever happens, you'll learn things that will help you improve your business and ultimately have less turnover. Can you imagine how it might feel to, to have that person that's leaving your shop, maybe even leaving in an angry state, to see you're truly interested in what brought them to this place? If done right, they may even second-guess their decision to leave or maybe change their mind altogether. This leads me to my third point. So many of you are struggling right now to find good staff. The struggle is only going to get worse over the next five to ten years. Do you think what your employees, and especially your ex-employees, think and ultimately say about you has an impact on your 
future employees' perception of you and your shop? It's hard enough without having the bad word spread. Don't add to that challenge. Do everything you can to make sure your employees that leave, leave in the best mental state possible. Here's something else to consider. How often do you think you may have made the wrong decision because you acted emotionally? Maybe you didn't have all the facts, or maybe both. In Dave's case, he most certainly would have decided that the new pay plan was the reason this tech was leaving and may have made the decision to go back to a pay plan that didn't give the staff the right incentive. I wonder how many times that might have happened to you. Now in the second part, the story he told about his customer, he really told a story about the obvious. And I would ask, are we really, really listening to what our customers are telling us? You know, Dave's customer told him three times what his concern was before he was really able to give the customer what he wanted. Dave was fortunate enough to have had several chances to make it right. I don't think that typically happens. My guess is what the customer saw was that Dave was the best of all the bad choices. Similar to how you feel, or may feel, about your credit card company, your cell phone company, or your internet provider. We want to make a switch, but we realize the service the others provide is really no better than the service we currently have. How many times must we fail before we really learn the obvious lesson? You have been listening to Driving Change from ATI. If you liked what you've heard today and feel you have something compelling to share with your fellow shop owners, we're waiting to hear from you. You can contact me, Jeff Berman, by emailing podcast at autotraining.net. Let me know what it is you can't wait to share and how I can reach you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you're notified when the next podcast is available. If you're unfamiliar with ATI and you want to learn more, you can check us out online at autotraining.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.